0: Yeah, baby, we're starting the podcast right now. We're back, you know what, dude, live. Welcome, everybody, to the show. YKWD. I started the social media podcast. The dude podcast. YKWD's back again. Old school, back in the day, where it all started before them all. YKWD. This podcast is so fun and crazy. It has no rules. Shut up, you're ruining this. Where's the podcast? sorry it's a comedy
1: podcast
0: this isn't npr that's the podcast does
2: is there any better show this is the original, the
0: original. you know what dude oh, fuck are you drinking it's uh it's I strawberry get- water
2: I get shit on for drinking protein lemonade and you're drinking strawberry water with a strawberry in it.
0: You you drink piss water out of a fucking jug from Leo, Leo to Machida. That's that's MMA master piss. Mm-hmm. And I mix my drinks up. I mix them up.
2: So what do you mean?
0: You drink the same piss water every show and the same thing that's not, I mean, it sh- if it came in its own bottle, I'd be okay with it, but you're mixing that into a thing of water. Yeah. 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 Tell yeah. All right. I mean, look, I'm all for you. I'm so happy for you. Do you, I mean, do you get as excited as me when the thing's going and we're about to enter the room? And fucking, you know, and then it comes on, and then we're here. And I know that the, the ladybugs are here, and we're here. And you know what I mean? I mean, I, I do you get it. I mean, I get so excited and happy.
2: Do I know the truth? I Yes. Yes. I do get very excited. In fact, do you know when you have something to do during the day and in the back of your mind, it's always like, oh, I fucking got something to do today that I don't want to do? That never happens with this show. I'm always excited when I go, oh, I got to do the show tonight, except today. It's Why? Not that I'm not excited to do the show, Bobby. It's that my wife it's 7.04, is not back from getting her nails done. And now I'm in here with my daughter and her friend on her iPad and my dog in here because my wife is too irresponsible to get home on time so I could do the show.
0: Oh, so my God.
2: My dog's going to shit on the floor. My daughter has to whisper. Just drive me crazy. I'm in a good mood.
0: That's so... So... Is the word insulting I'm looking for?
2: Mm. Irresponsible. <gasps> She's home. Get out!
0: <laughs> Are you talking to your daughter?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, let's go. Out!
0: <laughs> Stop! What's wrong with you? Don't talk to her like that.
2: Listen. Freedom now. She's All right, 7.05. I'm not even mad at my wife anymore. Five minutes, All right.
0: Okay. You forgot to hang your Cal Kelly sign up behind you, no, too. I see that.
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't understand. They give me shit every morning when I don't switch it to the morning show one.
0: Well, they should.
2: Galvin's like, yeah, you you signed, dude. Change the sign.
0: I was, he gets mad?
2: Yep. So I think I, I have to ask you, since you're the king of Zoom. Yes. But I think that I'm going to get rid of this sign. Whoa. By a... 32 inch flat screen television that would go right there, and yeah, then I could do everything digitally behind me.
0: Ooh, that would be better.
2: Yeah, that's but it would,
0: and it would light up the back of your head, so and you'd also, have a little, you'd have a little separation on that the, side of your head.
2: I didn't tell you. You know, I got a new webcam. I didn't tell you that. I can tell. You can because I don't think you can.
0: Yeah, no, it was better than it was
2: because my I, the webcam I was using was my son's from when they had homeschool because of the pandemic. So when school ended, I go, hey, give me your webcam, let me see if it's better. So I put it on here and I'm like, yeah, it's better. And then last week when I was at the beach, I'm like, I, I don't wanna spend $1,000 on a webcam yet, but I do need to upgrade. So I spent like an hour researching best Zoom webcam, best online video webcam, and they all pointed to this one. So I ordered it and within two days it was at my house. So then i said to my son on monday hey do me a favor before the show starts go get that new webcam and hook it up for me he comes in and he goes you're an idiot i go why he goes you bought the same goddamn webcam that's already <laughs> <laughs> so i made him install and i gave him his old one back and well
0: yeah well it's a good webcam i mean you're not the king of zoom no but you are you know good you look good i mean you're not i mean as HD is me, 4K is me. Yeah. You're 1080p, but you still look great. Better than 99.9% of the people out there. I'm just the 1% of amazing.
2: <laughs> the guy <laughs> said, I look like a pit bull with a digestive issue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who said that?
2: Some cunt. Rick. <laughs> Rick. Uh, <laughs> Lou, I would never make you buy that. So I would send you that and trade it for nudes. Nudes? Yeah.
0: I like nudes, too. <laughs> um, we got a great show tonight for you guys. Uh, first of all, patreon.com slash Kelly. Watch it live. Uh, we have a great show. A lot of you were saying you don't know who the guests are. You don't know them. Well, one of them is a director. Uh, he actually directed, I believe it's called Trekkies. Uh, Mush, the are you documentary? Yeah, the documentary. Yeah. Roger Nygaard. Don't be afraid to say his last name. A couple of you are afraid to attempt it i understand
2: the hard why
0: roger nygaard uh did trekkies and he also did the movie suckers which my friend my mentor from boston one of the guys that really helped me out uh at the beginning uh um joe yanetti who uh you know was a writer on rosie and a big guy in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, and he uh, moved to LA, and and this was a uh, kind of a story about all him working as a car dealer in LA yeah. at one of those shady car dealerships. And um, they're coming on tonight. They're re-releasing the movie. Now I know you didn't watch the movie. Did you watch the movie?
2: I saw. I've seen the movie before.
0: Oh, so tell me your favorite part.
2: Uh, the whole you learn the whole thing about how when they when they go in the back and they're like oh, I gotta go talk to the finance guy I gotta go talk to the other guy and they keep going in the back and they tell you it's all bullshit and then the bald headed guy so remember I told you I thought the bald headed guy was uh, Lawrence Tierney but it's not it's a guy that kind of looks like low budget Lawrence Tierney right the guy who plays the mob lawyer and all in every mob show or every, okay. every all right. police all right.
0: show yeah you know I I'm sorry I doubted you
2: apology accepted.
0: I'm sorry, I doubted you. Uh, uh, Roger
2: wrong. has also worked with uh, two of our heroes. Who? Kevin Costner.
0: Fuck you on
2: what? And as you call him, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck.
0: Is it Ben Affleck, like the insurance?
2: Yes. No, that's Affleck. Ben Affleck, not Ben Affleck.
0: Is it Affleck or Affleck?
2: It's Affleck.
0: Affleck.
2: Whatever. I'm not saying it anymore. It's not. Well, somewhere. just help
0: me out. Help me out. I want to say it. Ben Affleck.
2: Ben, repeat after me. Ben. Ben. Affleck. Ah,
0: ah, Fleck.
2: Right. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. No. <laughs>
0: ben Affleck. No. no. Ben.
2: No. Do it again. No. Just do it again. One more ben, time. Ben. 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 Affleck ah ah ah, 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 ah. 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 Ben Affleck. Ah, ah,
0: ben Affleck.
2: Ah, hope a bug flies in your mouth. When you're saying ben. it,
0: Ben Affleck.
2: Ben Affleck.
0: Ben Affleck.
2: Beautiful. Don't ever that say that it, it again. You've nailed ben it. Affleck. Ben Affleck.
0: Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck.
2: Anyway, he directed Ben Affleck in uh, Man About Town, Kevin Costner in Black or White.
0: What's Black or White? I never saw that.
2: It's a movie about What's blacks that, and
0: white. My, my bodyguard? Wasn't that that movie?
2: uh my bodyguard was that i was think that, that movie? i think roger was too young for that
0: no black or white <laughs> nothing on the get it oh all right hey
2: uh wait there's more a lot of alien shit jim carrey You worked with jim carrey on what high strung
0: i don't know that what's that one
2: I don't know. That probably was like before Jim Carrey was super famous. Well, oh, it's Jim Jim Carrey and Bob Odenkirk.
0: Bob Odenkirk, yeah, he's great too. He, I think Bob did one of that animation farm something. Barnyard, Remember barnyard.
2: Yeah, the kids' barnyard oh, with a cow. Yeah,
0: it was, yeah, it was a good. It was actually a great movie. With Kevin James was the fucking pig.
2: Yeah. high strung. What was this about? By the way, Roger also, I mean, uh Suckers that you know, in addition to Joe Yannetti, also stars prisoner Lori Laughlin. Yes. You might know her as prisoner Eight Seven Five Zero Two Two.
0: Yes. That's correct. She's uh she's in the movie. And the movie's very uh I mean, you couldn't make this movie today. Let's just put it out. Let's just say that. This movie that- could not be made today.
2: Do you know that Roger also edited some of the best television shows and directed some of the best television shows on TV. What? Veep, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Wow. Crashing, and directed The Office and The Bernie Mac Show. Yeah, you didn't wow. Know, you didn't know about all that, did you?
0: No, I did not know about that. No, I like Roger. He's a good guy.
2: I don't know Roger, but I feel like Roger should be a guy we should be pitching shows to. Roger could ah, yeah. take could take uh, fat science and run with it. Make the fat Olympics.
0: What was the other movie we came up with? I have so many. You have so many, or we have so many.
2: I have so many. I'm sitting on pilots.
0: What the fuck does that mean?
2: I'll tell you my. I'll tell you when Rogers on. I have pilot. I mean, you're involved in all my. You're involved in all my projects.
0: What the fuck is involved mean?
2: Okay, so I have one show called One Last Job. But you're not right for the part. Why? Because you got to be black.
0: That's racist.
2: It's not racist. It's the character is black, so it would Why? be racist uh, okay. to have you play a black man. Would be racist.
0: Well, can't I just? Is it? Is it one black man in the whole show?
2: It's one black man and one white man together. All right. I'm sorry. I was thinking about it. I was. I got to think out of the box. Maybe you play the white man. Maybe. The white man needs to be younger I think He needs to be more like a uh, Vince Vaughn and Twingers kind of guy
0: What are you talking about dude I have the skin of a Filipino boy I, I look yeah, 20 years younger than I am
2: You want to know the truth I wrote the Pilot with somebody in mind I don't know if you're Going to want to hear it I do um, Chris Stefano I know I wrote it with Chris Stefano and Phazon Love in mind, and Phazon gave it a thumbs up. Ice Cube said he wanted to produce it.
0: You wrote it already?
2: I wrote the I wrote the pilot,
0: and you never gave it to me to read.
2: No, I'm I I don't need, I wrote three pilots.
0: You wrote pilots, and you never gave it to me to read.
2: No, I did not. My other ones what even better. The
0: fuck is up with that.
2: I don't know. I don't know.
0: Answer the question right now.
2: Lisa Bobby's a great actor. You could play black.
0: <laughs>
2: That's how you get canceled.
0: Buddy, what the f- Are you lying? No. Why wouldn't you let me read the pilots?
2: I don't, because I did it before we started doing the show. And I don't know i wrote that one yeah i wrote another one called me and wang
0: yeah you and a chinese guy
2: no it's about a a guy who adopts a family who adopts a little asian kid
0: me and wang that's what you're gonna call it (laughs) i mean are you really that fucking dumb no You're you're gonna fucking pitch in these times what's the show name what's the show about it's about uh, these family Italian family really live in Tampa they adopt a little Chinese baby oh what's it called me and Wang are you out of your mind
2: no no, it's not about an Italian family it's not about Tampa and it's more like middle America and you're right we should call it Wang and I Wang and I is the right way to say it
0: you shouldn't call it Wang and I that sounds like a porno
2: Wang and I just we, now. Wang and I. W A G E N E Y E. Wang and I. And then you find out it stands for Wang and I. Wang and I.
0: No. Oh, yeah. stop. It's not even tricky.
2: You I like should, it. You know you should, like it.
0: I don't like Wang and I.
2: Tuesday night like a, on Wang and I.
0: Sounds like a new dog breed. What is that? It's a Wang and I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, like it.
2: Oh, my Wang and I died.
0: How about call Wang and
2: it? I just shit in the living room?
0: Oh. How about how do you call it Wang and the Elephant? I'm not in it. Oh, all right, forget
2: it. No, you know who's supposed to be in that? Who I, I wrote I wrote that for somebody too. Yeah. That's it, that's interchangeable, but I had one person in mind when I wrote it. Who? Tom Cotter.
0: Tom Cotter for what?
2: To play the lead role. Wang's father.
0: So Tom and Carrie Louise with their three little toe heads, adopt a little Chinese baby no. named Wang.
2: Tom plays like a midday talk show host, like a local midday show. You know, those shows that you comedians hate to go on. Yeah. And he wants to be like the next Regis. And his wife left her job when they got married so that they could chase his dream. She used to work at CNN. Oh, then uh, they keep, she keeps wanting to have kids but he keeps putting it off because he's he's concentrating on his job. So she convinces him to adopt the kid. And he's like, yeah, fuck it. Whatever you want to do, adopt the kid. So they adopt the kid and they get an Asian kid because it's easier. And then he thinks he's getting called in for the Regis promotion and he gets fired. And she has to go back to work at CNN and she becomes a huge hit again. Cool. And now he's stuck with the kid. And he never wanted the kid in the first place. So he hates CNN. being around the kid.
0: So he didn't want the kid, and not only that, he got Wang.
2: He got he lost his job. Yeah. He lost his chance to become a regis, and he stuck with Wang. And now he is with Wang, and he didn't like Wang, but then finds out that Wang, even though he's like four years old and doesn't really talk a lot, is a fucking genius, and only Tom Cotter knows about it. So he totally. started. Yeah. He started doing stuff with Wang, in order to entertain himself and have some fun and make money. And then of course they get in trouble. Depends on how far down the road you go. All
0: right, Max wants to say hi.
2: All right, Max into the show. He could he can be the bully. No, no, no,
0: no, no, no. First of all, my son's not being a bully. He's Second an actor. Of all, no, it doesn't matter. He's not. It's not doing it. I refuse. Hey, to you.
2: What Wang? What's wrong with your eyes? Why do they go that way? Real
0: quick. Real quick. Two
2: can seconds. Can I ha- so, can I have right? him read a line for me? Hi, hey, Mike. Hi, Guess Power. What? Oh, I, I like the haircut. He's
0: from New Hampshire. He's what is so- it?
2: Maximus!
0: Get out. Yeah. Go. <laughs> get, get out. Get out. Goodbye. Dawn, you son of a gun. <laughs> you right. He, I think his audition went well. He gets the part.
2: He's hired. Bully. Little,
0: little bully. What the heck?
2: He already bullied a half Asian kid for me.
0: Oh uh, God damn! Jesus Christ. Cool. Well, anyways, that's I mean I didn't know Roger and and you know Joe actually Joe my friend Joe lives up in New Hampshire now he's he's got like a boat he's on a lake every day he uh, he was doing um, um but I told like uh, back in the day I mean back in Boston Joe was one of the guys you know one of the big guys. And uh, we got to get him to tell us the incident with him and Colin. There's another movie called "When Comics Stood Out," when stand-up stood out, and it's all about stand-up comedy in Boston when it started. With uh, we're talking uh, Dennis Leary, Lenny Clark, Steve Sweeney, Don Gavin, Tony V. um, You know Jimmy Tingle. uh, uh, All these guys started comedy. Where it wasn't, and it was they created this Boston style of comedy, uh, of of, of a very smart and very in your face and really funny, nonstop, fuck you, you know. And they used to make guys audition in the in the kitchen if you wanted to be in the show. They did shows for fucking Blow and Cash and and. Uh, uh, and they all lived in a house called the Barracks, uh, over somewhere in fucking Boston somewhere. And they used to party and fucking do shows and do blow and get shit faced. And and they owned the town. They were like rock stars. And uh and and then when guys used to come in, um when they used to come in and yeah, when stand-up stood up, when they used to come into town, like famous comics from New York or wherever they would front load the show with all these heavy hitters ah. as like the, and they would fucking just blow everybody off stage. Do you the remember? Would just bury them. And one of the, one of them were, uh, was one of them was, uh, Colin Quinn.
2: Oh, really? Do you remember how all
0: right, huge... this Nathan, Nathan Kelly kid? All right. With the fucking making the, sh- the, the comments, a fucking fuck fest.
2: Ooh, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ Rick hypnotics I mean, got his back
0: I mean, It doesn't It doesn't matter Just fucking stop with your bullshit Alright make it funny We get it move on You fucking cunts I'll fucking douche you out of this room Without a fucking heartbeat Got it
2: <laughs> I should have you do my twitter account
0: Um uh, It's just these fucking cunts I mean at least be funny you know what I mean? He looks like a bloated no shit. He looks like a blood blood got stung by a big ghost. Sh- fuck yourself.
2: Yeah. Cunt. cunt.
0: Yeah, nat, nat. At least you changed your name, so I'd have to say fucking Nat 1289. At least you did that. Nathan Kelly. Fuck <laughs> Fuckface. It's funny that he took my name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, run, we- run him by your fucking sister before you put him in the fucking comments. <laughs> stop just throwing everything. Stop swinging at everything, you fucking half-a-queer. Uh, Anyways, so he's on tonight. We got to ask him about that. And then... uh, And I, I didn't know Roger. Roger did a lot of shit.
2: Roger's still doing a lot of shit. Roger's, yeah. got, Roger's got a huge... He he worked on a lot of films and uh, a lot of editing, directing, and TV shows. He did a lot of shit.
0: But if you look at like this movie right now, it I mean you can't. I mean this movie's got some crazy shit in it.
2: Yeah, this was this was the first movie to expose what bullshit the used car sales were, or any car sales.
0: I yeah, I never knew. That. I never knew at least was a fucking a fuck fest. You know. Yeah. Uh oh, there we go. There's R- Roger. I
3: am a little early, but here I yeah, am. Of course Herbie. you're early.
0: <laughs> of course you you you're an early guy.
3: I'm the organized guy. Yeah. Joe Yunetti yeah. is always the one I'm pulling around behind me.
0: Yes, you're the director and you produce. <laughs> so you're you have to be organized. Joe is talent and a right. writer. Disorganized. He's at, yeah, he's at Starbucks right now, waiting for his latte. And uh, <laughs> or he's on a boat watching a sunset.
3: Hi, buddy. How are you? Good, thank you.
2: We are. Uh, we are already broadcasting live, so no uh, N words. <laughs> right,
3: the rest of the alphabet.
0: Oh, the rest of the alphabet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, anyways, yeah, uh, Mike Calta here. Um. And hey, me. And Mush is in the background somewhere. Um. But we were just talking about how much, because I know you from Suckers. I know you from Trekkies, and Mike just read me your resume. Apparently, you're a big deal now.
3: <laughs> I got we're in my way into the comedy business from the side door. Apparently, yeah, I work with a lot of people who uh, I guess they seem to agree that I know what's funny, even if I'm not funny.
2: You, you are, I mean, you're, you've you worked on some of the funniest television shows in the last 20 years with Veep and Kirby Enthusiasm and The Office. I mean, that's tremendous.
3: Yeah. And the league and even oh, like Grey's Anatomy is, is, uh, I enjoyed it. You don't think of it as a comedy, but they have comedy scenes and my documentaries are comedies to me. I mean, they're real documentaries, but I make them because they make me laugh because I think humanity is funny.
2: What? So I, I mean, that Saturday night live skit, was that a, um, inspiration for you where, where, uh, shatner just y- yells at all the trekkies where you're like because because now everybody does stuff at at comic cons and all that but uh trekkies was really the first one to really go out there and look at that weird fucking world
3: yeah we were the first obviously i mean a lot there have been a lot of fan documentaries that came after us people yeah. saw trekkies and it inspired them to make documentaries about the fandom of star wars or the x files or my little pony or whatever i've seen but, that to me what inspired me was a short it was a 30-minute documentary called mondo elvis i don't know if you've ever seen it
2: i know it sounds familiar so it was
3: it got very little release but i saw it on vhs in the early 80s and it's about super obsessed elvis fans and i never forgot it it stayed with me and one thing i saw in there that i Completely appropriated for Trekkies was they had an Elvis or a, an auction of Elvis memorabilia, and what people were paying for things that he might someone might have touched that was near him, like the most
2: uh, yeah, I did. did. I, association. That. I, I remember that now, that was insane. And then yeah. there were so many other things they had, like a tooth. That might have been Elvis's baby tooth. That's like things like that. That was insane. might have been. It yeah. might have been. Might have been. not have been.
3: But yeah. then, <laughs> so I found that you know what people do uh, hilarious, but also the key I think for me in making trekkies and suckers or whatever I do is that I want people who are a part of that world, whether it's Star Trek fans or car salesmen or UFO fanatics or married people like my new documentary, I want them to be able to watch the documentary and laugh with me. we're making fun of the idea of what it is to be human. so I want them to be in on the joke as well. yeah what's your new what's your new documentary about? It's called the the Truth about Marriage and I found the truth and presented it and it's a comedy.
0: Just a bunch of guys getting jerked off in a massage (laughs) parlor at the end.
3: (laughs) It's complex. And that's certainly one aspect of humanity. A bunch of wives that don't care. (laughs) What time are you coming home? Wash your hands. (laughs) Well, one of the questions I asked in the documentary was, and let's see how you answer. Who is the boss in most relationships, the man or the woman?
2: Oh, I know for sure. It's easily my wife.
3: Why does everyone says that is universal agreement that it's I, I the woman can, that's the boss?
2: I can also I'm, give you the I'm answer. The I'm the boss. You, you're the, the you're boss. The, we're all the boss. But you're going to answer that question. You're going to say your wife because the truth is, is that no matter how happy you are, you're not happy if she's not happy.
0: That's right. not true. I'm fucking delighted. <laughs> when I'm I I I've been on the road for a month on tour in Canada. I was she was miserable. Who missed me? I was fucking delighted. Hang out with <laughs> I was hanging with other comics. I was having a great time. I was you weren't there. Yeah. Wow. What are you talking about? I'm the fucking king. I get an I get a, I get an email from somebody. Read that. Fill it out. Sign it. I go out and do yeah. my shit. I hand her a check. What's for dinner? <laughs> I'm the boss.
3: Where do I get one of those? <laughs> get one from uh, really?
0: Everett, Massachusetts. She has American Indian and Polish in her. I don't know what that mix is. I think in she the had right a couple of
3: guys
2: in her while you were in Canada, too, because she was like, fuck him. All he does is give me the money and thinks he could do whatever he wants.
0: <laughs> yeah, I your wife... First of all, Calty, your wife is not the boss. I see you.
2: My, Listen to me, I'm telling you right now, if it comes down to making a decision between her and I, I will do whatever she wants to do because I don't want to deal with the bullshit that comes afterwards making her the boss. At the end I'm, of the day, I, I'm the one who's stronger. I can always have her killed or i can always drag her out to the alligator i know (laughs) deep in my heart who runs the fucking show but the truth is on a day-to-day basis to make my marriage work she's the boss
3: here's here's my explanation or my theory let's just say it's a theory in any given relationship there tends to be one person who is the more logical one and there's one who's the more emotional one it could be either the male or the female either one could take that poll sometimes it switches but oh in general someone is the more overall more logical and one is a more emotional And whenever there's a conflict and there's inevitably a conflict and you have to get back to happiness that means you have to come to an agreement of some kind to return to happiness and the logical one wants to litigate and say well play back the tape you said and see how right i am the emotional one just wants to be heard wants you to acknowledge that they're hurting and maybe say you're sorry it doesn't matter who's right or wrong or who said what once you acknowledge and say, you know, you're right, let's hug, then you can get back to happiness. And so, emotion always trumps logic in a conflict. I, 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 I didn't really? hear a word you said. <laughs> <laughs> I, blah, 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 blah,
0: blah.
2: Right, but, uh, he's very uh, right.
0: My, what do we have? Are we having chicken thighs? Uh, what, what, what are we, I, am I'm, I'm 50 this year, Roger. I don't care if I walked in and she was. Uh, She was banging my producer, Mush. I'd just be like, what's up? Let me know when you're done. Me and Max are going to go swimming. (laughs) I I don't. I mean, at this point, maybe five years ago, I would be like, okay. But now it's, I think we're just holding on until one of us
4: gets cancer.
2: (laughs) Did you talk to same-sex couples too or just? Men and women. What did I miss? What did I miss?
3: Prime, we're talking about your relationship, Joe, and why you're so successful in relationships. It took him three times to get it right. <laughs>
4: it took a lot more than three. I only married three of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I
0: was, I was, I was there for the middle one. Woof! Oh You my were there God. at
4: the end of the first one.
0: <laughs> I was. <there. laughs> I was there at the end of the first marriage, Calta, and I moved it. First of all, the the second wife, we were at Nick's comedy <laughs> stop. Waitress, smoker. I told you the night. Smoker shows up. Everybody wants to hook up, including me. Joe's like, I'm gonna go out with her. We (laughs) wound up going to the billiards when back when billiards was a thing, right? Uh you know, there was mostly Irish guys with like a couple Asian guys in the back. Now it's just all Asians. But uh but we went and uh he took her out. He's I'm gonna I'm gonna go out with her. Within I go I I think I bet you money, didn't I bet you like 25 bucks?
4: Yes. I,
0: he, I, I think bet you bet
4: me up. that she wouldn't go out with me at all. Oh, at all. This yeah. guy married her six months later. Wow. <laughs> it it what wasn't you wrong? six months later. How do I it, get my green screen on? <laughs> um, I don't fucking know. This
0: isn't Zoom. This is something else. Yes. Yeah, I funny. know. I looked I was, his, I was his best man, right, Calta? Uh-huh. So I take him. I take him. I'd say, i say I'm like, dude, I'm gonna take you. We're gonna go to strip clubs. He's like, I don't want to. I'm not into that. I don't do that. I'm like, fuck you. We're going to strip clubs. It doesn't matter. We're going to strip clubs. And he goes, I don't. Oh fuck. So I bring him all the way to Rhode Island because Rhode Island, they you can hang and bang. You can right. grab titty. You can bring him in the back room. You can finger pop one. You can t- treat it like a tootsie pop. One, two, three, three. <laughs> and uh we go in, we get all the way down, then we sit down, front row. The girl comes out, he's like, oh, All right, he's getting into it. The girl looks through her legs at me and I go, Lisa, she goes, <laughs> I go, mean, Joe, we gotta go. Uh-huh. I fucking knew the girl, but she was like, I gotta work, I gotta make money, but I can't do it in front of you. I'm like, Joe, we gotta go. He's like, You cock sucker. you got me all the way here. I finally looking at some ass, and now we gotta go. I wound up taking him to like this milf disco. It was called the Vogue in 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 Saugus, Massachusetts. It was just <laughs> me and him with a bunch of old broads with freckle tits just <laughs> dancing to like fucking yeah, like the not now if I want a boogie, okay, I'm a
4: discoride. Remember that? Well, I remember. Right before we left, I I said to my future wife, she said, "Where are you going?" I said, well, "Me and Bobby gonna go get blowjobs." And she goes, what? I go, well, it's bachelor party, that's what you do. You get a blowjob before you get married. She goes, you can't do that. I go, I don't have a choice. I have to do that. And she <laughs> goes, I'm telling your mother.
1: <laughs>
0: no, that was the plan, though, Joe. You didn't know that. We were getting blowjobs that night. We were? Yeah, oh, yeah. We were getting, we were getting, I don't care if it was me and you and your fucking cougar we oh, were gonna definitely you.
3: cheers <laughs> um that was Not- the ble- the last blowjob that joe ever got good try anyway <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'm sorry i was uh thrown off by joe having the gayer drink than bobby
4: a gayer drink
2: <laughs> look at yours now look at about oh, bourbon your little-
4: <laughs>
3: in waterford crystal
2: yeah Isn't and then look at bobby's strawberry in a mason jar
3: oh man here's my healthy water
4: yeah. And and then I, I said to Bobby, I said, I'm going to teach her how to do stand-up. And I oh. swear to God, there wasn't even a half a second of of a hesitation. He goes, you fucking deserve everything you get.
0: I swear to God, I was just like, fucking idiot. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, before you know it. Oh, my God. It was terrible. How and did that- you and- What's that? I'm I go to LA. I I so I go to LA I meet the stripper. I met the stripper in Boston. I mean just a notice the
4: theme smoker. here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> smoker. I mean smoker. She's in LA. She's like, come out here, begging me to come out there. I finally come out. But you know, like a lot of things in my life is based on my fats. You know, <laughs> she knew me at one of my skinnies, and I was slipping into one of my like my fourth fat. Right,
2: <laughs> she didn't see you. She didn't. She didn't, she didn't know that fat was approaching.
0: She knew me. Yeah, she knew me at my third skinny when I was smoking body, but I was slowly slipping into my my fourth fat. Right, you weren't yeah. that and, far gone though, and you no, had I hair. I wasn't that far gone. You had hair. I was, I was. a little. I had hair, so I show up in L.A. She picks me up. I know within fucking ten seconds this broad is not into me, but I'm supposed to be living with her for two months.
1: <laughs>
2: oh,
0: good. I'm fucking fucked. I'm out at Hermosa Beach. She's a stripper. She's leaving, coming home late at night. She sleeps in the bed. I try to nestle up to her. She fucking kicks me off her, wants nothing to do with me.
2: Oh, I'd love to hear that phone call to her friend. (laughs) Hey, when I saw him, he had fucking hair. He was skinny. Now he's chubby and he's bald. I don't know what the fuck to do. And now he's here for two months.
0: That was terrible. (laughs) And then I remember I I snapped. In the middle of the night, I was like, fuck this. And I grabbed all my clothes. I called Joe. I go, dude, I'm out of here. And he goes, you can come stay here. So I stayed on his, in his spare bedroom on a fucking blow up blow up mattress with a bubble in it. Yeah. But it was also his <laughs> wife's closet. So every yeah. morning I heard her go, snip, 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 snip. While she, you're in the
2: closet, she, she was, was getting dressed in the, dressed <laughs> in the
0: closet. Yeah. So she would get her clothes up, but they'd always be fighting in the morning. So I should just <laughs> Slamming these hangers, click, 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 slap, slap, slap. And I'd be like, oh, I remember we would I we'd be on the lawn for fucking four hours talking about your argument.
4: Uh, You guys turned into brother and sister.
0: Yeah, because you went on the road for fucking three weeks, and I was just stuck there with her.
4: Well, it wasn't just me on the road. If you remember, it was right during while Roger and I were working the deal with HBO. So we'd we, right. we, we be on, on the phone with the producers of the movie, the agents, the people from HBO. And Bobby and my ex-wife are walking around pretending to have guns, like they're, they're secret agents coming around the corners in my house trying to shoot me while I'm having the most important conversation <laughs> of my career.
0: <laughs> they would be buried.
4: rollerblading in the courtyard at the house, chasing each sure. other. He
0: was so mad. He's on the phone. He's fucking. I'm talking about this huge deal that's about to go down. And we're fucking being three year olds in the house. And he would, I remember yelling at us, like just to hold enough, enough. This is before we had mute.
4: You know, he had to yeah, hold this yeah. on the phone. It was a real phone. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll God tell you something it. about Bobby Kelly. Absolutely, hands down, the easiest person to scare the shit out of.
2: Yeah, I see that. He would be in the
4: shower. I would go and get a milk crate and put it right in front of the bathroom door. I would stand on the milk crate, put my hands up in the air, and he would open the door in a towel, and I'd just go, hello. And he would scream like a little bitch for five minutes.
0: You almost fucking killed me once, you cocksucker. I, uh, yeah, he, he would scare me all the time like it was fucking... It, it was annoying. He he'd do it like at least once a day. He tried to fucking murder me with a scare.
4: Uh, <laughs> him and my wife in the closet. I come in the house. They're in the closet putting their clothes back on, <laughs> pretending to scare me. Oh,
0: dude, that was, you know, looking back on that time too. I mean, <laughs> I was so, was so like, like I don't know what it was. It was just like. Like who gives a fuck there was no pressure I mean you probably felt pressure because you were at a different stage of the business than me but I Everything was just was like, going good for me I had nobody in my life I, I'll go wherever the I was sleeping on the floor trying to get auditions trying to get on stage I didn't give a shit
4: yeah but then he saved my life I was gonna, I, did? I, I was gonna kill her I would have gone to jail <laughs> he was like because by then he he uh, Don moved to LA and you moved in with Don. Well, no.
0: Dawn moved to LA. Yeah, that was a weird time too, because she moved to LA with this girl from Southie, and uh, they were living uh, underneath two twins uh, from, <laughs> from Boston—two good-looking twins. It's like, yeah, I never asked her about it because I don't want to hear about that weird story. But can I uh, ask her? No, you can't.
4: Uh. <laughs> you can ask about Thanksgiving.
3: Can we but
2: put it in would, Roger's would, next documentary?
4: No. Then I would have <laughs> a fight with my wife, and she would move in with Bobby and his and and his oh, girlfriend that's and his right.
0: dude i remember that i was staying yeah. with Don. Don had an apartment so i moved in with Don because over there was a little crazy and i was there for a little too long i think i was there for like three or four months i go over there they got no fight she moved she wound up coming over with me and Don yeah. sleeping on the couch
4: yeah and oh, bobby so. and bobby's like listen you're a big scary asshole <laughs> and you got to stop. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything. And he's like, oh, You dude, need therapy. <laughs> yeah.
3: Hey, yeah, Joe. I have was... a question. I remember at that time, is this you would tell me stories, and I wonder if it was about Bobby. You would see, you had a friend who you would tell that we were making this movie, Suckers. And he didn't quite understand you were actually making a movie. No, that wasn't telling. Bobby.
4: That was oh, who Tom. was that?
3: Tom. Oh, your friend Tom. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> no, we're making a movie, and he would, didn't quite get it yeah
4: and because i told him i said you know read the script if you want to play something and then he showed up in on the set one day and he goes you're making a movie i go <laughs> well what the fuck i told you he goes yeah but like this like a movie it's like there's like 150 people there crew members and everything we had a whole car dealership we rented and, and I could not believe it. And I was like, you could have been in it. But no one believed that I would have ever gotten a deal like that. So everyone was like, yeah, right,
3: right. <laughs> How so did many you and people say no. no. <laughs> I saw Joe doing stand up at the Comedy and Magic Club in Hermosa Beach, probably around 1988 or so. What year did you move out to L.A., Joe? Uh,
4: 86 or 87.
3: So, yeah, soon after he was there, and I had just moved there myself around that same time, and I was working for Rollins, Joffe, Mora, and Bresner, it was a management company, and so I was there with my bosses, and we were watching comics, and Joe was on stage and telling stories about being growing up in Boston, and I never forgot. I, forget, I always remembered a lot of those stories, and I said, we should write about this, and so Suckers wasn't the first script. It was maybe the second or third or fourth thing we wrote together, but the first one we got made. And I always yeah. just liked how Joe would tell stories about his family and it just, they would just kill me. You know, we'll never go <laughs> hungry. He would slap his mother's ass <laughs> or get Why? me the S, you know, his dad would discipline him by get me uh, go get me one of those, uh, encyclopedias S the th- you know, thick one.
2: Uh, I, I, only, I'm, I do a morning radio show here in Tampa and people are always like, Oh, you're funny. You're funny. And I go, I am not nearly as funny as the people I grew up with. And I always say the same thing. If I could somehow capture the stories that they tell, and turn that into a movie, people would love it. But you need to really get those authentic people, like Joe,
3: like Uncle Cheesy. You tell you had this big long story about his Uncle Cheesy, and I always remembered that. And I think we wrote about Uncle Cheesy once, and he, there are shades of Uncle Cheesy and Reggie, I think, and everything, every yeah. every character, there are elements of Uncle Cheesy. Yeah, yeah. What are I, you crying for? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you guys, you. You, Joe, come from the era of Boston comedy when it was, I mean, fucking crazy. When it was rock and roll. I mean, it was it was Sweeney and Gavin and Noxy and Lenny, uh, Lenny, and I mean Tony V and you and
4: Kenny Rogers, and, Stephen <laughs> Kenny Wright, Rogers. Wright. That's like Stephen like, Wright. Yeah,
0: yeah. People don't understand how fucking cra- every single show was like the funniest show those people ever see in their lives
4: well every show had five of the funniest people ever you know like the the first shows i went to were barry cribbins uh stephen wright jack gallagher kenny rogers lenny clark steve sweeney like the, all the headliners like the biggest headliners in boston would would be on one show at right. the, the ding-ho and they do five right. shows in this little tiny place Right. And it was amazing. And, uh, a a few months, well, actually probably over a year ago. Now we did a show for Jimmy Smith in a theater. And I remember sitting down right next to the stage and Jack Gallagher was on and I was thinking, what is, what is that noise? What is that feeling? I I got like this feeling like I was home and I was like, Oh my God, that's the entire audience laughing so hard that they can't breathe. And, and, and it, like the entire show was like like that from yeah. beginning to end. And, and I didn't, you don't realize I was 20 years old. I had never been to a live show before. So you don't realize that these guys are like the best there is. Ever. And, and then after a while, I look back on that and wish I could have appreciated more what I was witnessing.
3: They're yeah. still coming out of Boston too. You like Bill Burr's from Boston.
4: Yeah. 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 Bobby's good friends with Bill. Yeah,
0: Joe List, Joe List yeah. is another guy from Boston. is just fucking killing it. You know? I remember
2: Lenny Clark was so huge at one point that he was Oprah's only guest on the show. He did Oprah when she was live, and he he was this big, funny white guy that I was like, I know that guy. I used to see him on late night comedy shows all the time. And I mean, that was that's that's a big spot in the late '80s, early '90s to be on Oprah. You know, it was it was Paul McCartney and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lenny Clark one day.
4: You know, one one time during the the time when Bobby was starting out, I walked in and uh, it was Bobby and Bill Burr and all these guys hanging out, Al Benny. and Al's making out with this chick that I know they're not going out. And I go, I go, what the hell's going on here? And she goes, we're practicing our movie kiss. And I go, oh, let me try. And they break up and I kissed Al right on the lips (laughs) And Bobby ran two blocks away. Like literally <laughs> ran out of the club and ran away. Like I'm yeah, not exaggerating. To... He ran away.
0: Yeah, I turn I turned into a black guy when he sees a good magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> it was like wow, fucking ran. Remember the time I hooked you up? Remember the when you when you when I you knew you'd bring me? this
4: up. All the right, apple. I will bring it up. It's the apple, it right?
0: It's the apple. It's the apple.
4: Go ahead. Tell the story. I was so heartbroken. My wife threw me out. I had a, a, a two-year-old child. I was devastated. And all Bobby wanted to do was get me laid. That's
0: it. That's all I'm trying to do. Right. It's just take his mind off of it. He's a good-looking Italian guy. He knows how to make a great sauce. and uh, Gravy. It's coat. called gravy. All right. Well, I call it sauce. Um <laughs> But uh, Joe, do you call it gravy or sauce?
4: Gravy. Ugh. Anything uh, with gra- meat is gravy.
0: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> East Boston, fucking crazy people. Um, and I bring, the, I mean, this girl that I was kind of dating, but I really wasn't. But she was looking for a, like she was beautiful. I mean, she was looking she was gorgeous. For, I mean, gorgeous. She just got fake boobs. Beautiful, and she was looking for a boyfriend. But I couldn't be that for her. So I was like, I got somebody for you. And I bring her over to Joe's house and we're hanging out. And, you know, he winds up, I don't know what he did. He wound up making a fucking apple. What is it? An apple? It's cinnamon <laughs>
4: apple. You 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 dig out the center of the apple and you put butter and cinnamon inside and you put it in the microwave and it makes this amazing apple. But that's what I do. You know, Mike McDonald posted a TV show that I did with him in like 1984 and yeah. there was a joke on there that I had completely forgotten. It said walking into an Italian's house is like an alarm goes off. Quick, put something in his mouth. So <laughs> that's that's he brings someone to my house. I have to feed them. And and
0: she wanted your penis, not a fucking apple. With cinnamon. yeah, I know,
4: but I, I didn't know. I was a good boy back then, and yeah. I didn't know that you were like. Hey. I, I made it. I said, "Show them your new boobs," and she took them out. What, what, what do you need to know?
0: <laughs> she took her. She took these beautiful, fresh boobies out. They were perfect. And you're like, you want some more apple? It's like. Uh,
4: <laughs> I was just. I was very heartbroken. I like getting laid wasn't on my mind at all. I was so naive. There was this other girl that I don't know if I should tell this story. I don't remember her name, but 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 uh, <laughs> I, I was embedded her, and 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 she goes, spank me, and and I'm like, did she just say spank me? Like, what if I heard that wrong and I whack her in the ass, and she goes, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I said, thank you. <laughs> so, but, so, and then she moved to California, and Roger fucked her. <laughs> uh-huh.
3: <laughs> You can, you, can, you can give me a lead. I know what to do, whereas Joe may not.
4: <laughs> well, that chick was... I, I, why am I telling these stories? I'm going to tell everybody. To go on. I remember, that. like, I was so naive. I met my wife when I was very young, and before I met her, there was nothing in my life but comedy. I didn't care about women as much as I cared yeah. about comedy. And this know. girl is eating at my house. I, I got a meatball, and I go, do you want to taste this? And I go to feed it to her, and I go, do you mind eating off of my fork? She goes, I'm going to have your dick in my mouth in five minutes. You think I give a shit about the fork? And I was like, oh, life has changed. <laughs>
0: and it's going to taste like a meatball. I uh, <laughs> I, uh, well, you know, you guys, I remember when you, you you kept telling me, I'm writing this movie, I'm writing this movie, and look, as a comic, you hear we always say, "I got this thing. I got this thing," and that thing never pans out. The things, you know, very rarely, <laughs> because it's it's very hard to get something made, right? Yeah. And and then I, when you got this made, when you started doing this, and I remember I went to the premiere. And uh, I mean, this it was a fucking great movie. Yeah. Not to say like when you're going to see one of your friends' movies. You kind of always bring your expectations down because you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, like it's like when somebody sends you a song. Hey, I wrote this. You want to hear it? Yeah, sure. Oh, boy. You know, <laughs> a lot of times it's like, fuck.
2: That's you why know, I never send you my pilots. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so <laughs> I still want to read those, you cocksucker. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you have pilots you won't send me. <laughs> Anyways, you won't even cast me in them. Um, but when I saw the movie, I was like, this fucking movie's great. And I just recently watched it again. You can't make this
3: movie. Not today. I mean, Not anymore.
0: Let, let's just, Mush, you got the trailer. Can we show the trailer real quick?
3: We got good casting, though, too. We were lucky. We got very got good, good casting. Cast.
0: We got somebody in the cast that's in a little trouble right now, too, which is.
3: Oh, yeah. She could not have timed that better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the trailer. Can you make it big? There's no sound, Mush. Is he his from Newton? Is, his name is Mush for a reason. Uh, we'll get Newton? it up in a second. We, we've just been mushed. It's okay. Do you know that's a depth Newton depth, thing, Mush? Mush, what does that mean?
3: They're, okay, go ahead. There we Watch go. This
0: right, here we go. Rewind it to the beginning. Oh, God.
3: The movie's called Suckers. Bobby's a nice
4: guy in a tough spot. I will work my ass off to get us out of this hole, you know that. He owes a bundle to a couple of bone-breaking loan sharks. <laughs> and is getting pressure from his wife Donna to get a job.
1: What do I have to do to explain to you that we are broke?
4: ARE YOU IDIOTS PAYING ATTENTION?! And to Reggie, the sensitive sales manager of the Southside Car Dealership.
1: Why would I buy a car for you? You
4: love me! He trains his sales force to do anything.
1: And buries the mother- This is a
4: great
0: car. I mean anything.
4: Is it, my friend.
0: Are you gonna buy this car, man?
4: To sucker every, every last mm-hmm. cent out of the innocent victims that come onto his life. The children. enough. But Reggie isn't only dealing with cars. And Bobby's loan sharks are calling in their loan. We've been waiting for you to get home. That's when all hell breaks loose. love scum when they're selling your car. Yeah. You should see them in the off hours. Lewis <laughs>
0: Manoir, Lori Laughlin, and Daniel yeah. Gonzalez. <laughs> Suckers. Trust me. You're getting <laughs> <laughs> Did she get I don't I, did she does she you, do you see uh yes. Do you see her naked? Oh listen, yeah. Now listen it's worth it just I for, I think i He wouldn't let me in the room.
4: What? He wouldn't let me in the room. Why would he? Close set. Hey, you can't come in here (laughs) for this shot. Son of a bitch. And she was 20 years younger then.
0: (laughs) 20 years younger. And they had um, the girl. You had a sex scene in the car, which they never show. They never have a, uh, a little nude scene in movies anymore. And there's other things about this movie. I mean, you cannot fucking do.
3: Yeah. No, Harbor it's definitely races. a time capsule. It's a time capsule of, of that era of the '80s or '70s, '80s, early '90s of the way things were, and, and we try to make it as accurate as possible for the way things were. But it, it's you have to look at it through the prism of this is what things were like then, and obviously the car business and a lot of things have changed since then. Yeah. What? What is? Was that? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike.
2: Do you cast most of those people? Like, uh, or like, how does that work? Do you have to run them? Because it's your idea. It's your thought. Do you get to cast who, exactly which one do you want in there?
3: Well, we had a casting director who brought in a lot of people to read for the part. Everybody who got the part read for it oh, and right. earned the part and, and, and were the best. We thought the best for the role. I mean, Louis Mandalore, who plays Bobby, the new salesperson, it's based on Joe's life. He came in and had this East Coast accent. He was Joe, and it wasn't until at the rap party when we're hanging out, he's talking and he's coming up and going, "Hey, mate, that was a great time." And it was like, what's with the fake no Australian shit. accent? He goes, "Oh, I'm I'm an Aussie, man." He he he, he hid it from <laughs> us the whole time. Oh no
2: shit, that's I had great. no idea. <laughs> I Wait, how know fucking good idea. looking is that guy?
4: You know, the only one of the only things I wasn't really involved in was the casting because I was on the East Coast while Roger was casting on the West Coast. And one day I had a pass through LA flying to Hawaii to do a gig and they were casting the part of my ex-wife. And these gorgeous, first of all, I walk in with a gay uh, uh, casting director and I look at his couch, I go, is that the casting couch? He goes, yes, it is. I go, let's go. And he looks me up and down and goes, you're not my shape. (laughs) so this girl comes in and she reads the lines and she goes you know what I just feel like like I should be taking my clothes off while I'm saying these words and I'm like yes and the casting director goes no we're okay you can go and I'm like you selfish son of a bitch you're lucky you're lucky she let
0: that happen because she'd fucking take you out right now (laughs) I was in the room and Joe Uenetti said yes. I, <laughs> was, I wanted to take my clothes off. There was
3: something that happened though that I didn't that I learned for the first time while we we're casting this film. When there's a nude role like that, what the actresses do to signal their willingness to be nude and to do a nude role. So you don't hire somebody, and then you get there the day of, and they go, oh, "I don't do nude roles." But it says in the script that you have sex, and and so you want to avoid that. They come in and they'll wear a skirt with no panties, and they'll sit, and they'll flash you. You know, you're sitting, you and the producers, there's maybe four or five people sitting on the couch, and you all looking right down the barrel like uh, uh, Sharon Stone or something. Okay. And that's how they, through their body language, yeah. <laughs> signal that they're game. They're, no they're, sure they're, gamer. they're not going to give you any trouble.
2: Wow. wow.
0: Yeah, it's fucking crazy.
3: And then oh. now, and there's
0: there's racial stuff in here.
4: Lots of it, but
0: lots, lots of, but it's funny because, you know, when you write something racist, you always have to have the other side of it and you wind up getting away with that type of thing because of the way it ends, the way things happen, the way things unfold. Right. And like this, this whole, right. I mean, this whole movie is based off of your experience working at a, a dealership. Right, Joe.
4: Oh man, you want you want to hear a cool story about what you're talking about. There's a, the the actor in the movie is his name is BT, black bald dude. And and he He's has a stand-up
3: comic named Brandon yeah. Terrell.
4: Yeah. And he and he has a, a confrontation with Reggie. So right before we shoot the scene, I tell BT a true story about I sold a guy a car. The guy was very well off, had perfect credit, was He was either like a lawyer or a doctor or something. And when I went and told my boss, my boss looked at the guy's credit. He looked at the deal I made and it was a deal where the dealership's making money. I'm getting a decent commission and the guy's getting a fair deal on the car. So everybody's happy. And he goes, okay, go shake his hand. And I go, I shake the guy's hand. we got to get the car cleaned up. And while we're waiting, the customer walks out of my office and my boss sees that he's black and he calls me over and he goes, Hey, you didn't tell me he was a Tyrone. That's what he would call. It.
0: Oh. Oh, that's he can't
3: be racist. Be racist just shut you down.
0: Up. YouTube's touch shut you down.
3: Joe was telling, the, the reason he told that story is it got him all, he told it to BT, our actor, got him all wound up and yeah. angry. Oh,
2: before the scene.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he came into the scene with a full steam of anger.
4: Oh, and it was a true story. And I didn't even know what the guy was talking about. He's like, you didn't tell me he was black. When we shoot the scene, if you watch the movie, you can see yeah. Daniel jump up because BT reached down and grabbed him by the balls oh. and... He hits him in the chest so hard. And me and Roger are watching going, that was so awesome. <laughs> and after the scene, he goes up to BT and he goes, uh, hey, man, uh, you don't have to hit me so hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, we got it. <laughs>
0: and the, the the lead bald guy, what's his name again?
3: Daniel, Daniel Benzali.
0: Daniel benz He's been in everything, right? He's been
3: in like a bunch oh, of – He's got a long uh, list, long list of credits, yeah. Right yeah.
4: after – Right before we shot the movie, he was the star of his own show called Murder One, where he was a lawyer, and the whole season was one trial. Oh. And it was it was a it was a pretty successful show.
2: He is Definitely. either the bad guy or the lawyer for the mob. <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: <laughs> and
2: yeah, he, he was whisp- a machine. Whispers. I mean, he
3: he. He would come in and run his lines in his trailer over and over and over and over again because he had these big speeches to get out in these sales meetings, which was the opposite of Louis Mandalore who would kind of just learn his lines a little bit because he liked to come into the scene fresh. So there are two opposites who, and luckily the way they met on screen, it really worked.
0: Well, we have one of those scenes right now with him um, because he did have these fucking rageful monologues uh pep talks uh yeah. that he would give these guys uh and it, i mean as an actor he must have just been like fucking thank you thank <laughs> you thank you thank you to have Dude. to just give this fucking speech just a fuck you speech to people i mean and he does it a few times which i love
2: did you either one of you see the similarity the first thing i thought of the first time i saw alec baldwin in Glen Gary Glenn Ross was suckers
3: yeah, that was a. Uh, I mean, if you if I had to pick, I mean, I told Joe this as we were writing the script. To me, this is Glenn Gary Glenn Ross meets Clerks in a car dealership. Yeah,
2: uh, that's perfect.
0: That's great. Let's play that clip, Mush, If you got it. And
2: here we go.
4: He's a good guy, Mo. You know, I like him. Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck them. Before they fuck you, and believe me, they will. My oh, man is not that bad, is he? Let me tell you something, Green P. There is no room for loyalty in this whacked-out business. You make your money, and to hell with everybody else. That deal that he closed for you? We buried that
3: fuck. He won't even know it till he tries to get out three or four years from now. And you? You could have made at least another half-point in the interest. I made enough up on the deal. What?
2: What did you say? Did you say enough? Is that like when
4: you're getting your dick sucked and right before you come, you say, that's enough.
2: <laughs> never. It's never enough. I want to
4: blow my load all over the place. And when I'm done, I wanna do it all over again. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: Uh, there you go that's that's just verbatim from from, that's what joe experienced in real life on a regular basis at the dealership where he was working yeah
4: yeah the guy worked for was a maniac made a lot of money working for him but he was crazy he was so racist and i'm working with people from israel from iran from uh afghanistan from mexico from germany from russia and, and everybody hates each other. But mm-hmm. then when it comes time to make a deal, everybody loves each other till the deal's made. Fuck you.
2: <laughs> I, I remember watching that movie and I didn't have a car yet. I was probably like 17 or 18. And I remember telling my mother, before I buy a car, we have to watch that movie again and take notes.
1: <laughs>
2: I swear <laughs> to God. Because I felt like where I was going to get them. I, and, and now years later, I mean, 20 years after that, I buy my wife. Uh, at least our Lexus, and i have a i have a gig i have to go to in the afternoon on a saturday which was rare but i had to get there so we stopped by the lexus dealership on a whim she falls in love with the car so they know they got her hooked so they're trying to get me and i'm like look just wrap it up i gotta go i gotta get out of here <laughs> they're like all right and, and they come back and this is one thing that they every car dealership i ever had you settle on a term for the lease and this is this much and then the every mile over that's this much money and then they go okay and then they bring it back and when you go to sign it it's fucking changed and they hope you don't know. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, no, you got oh, every mile over here is 50 cents. As opposed we talked about 15 cents. All like, right, let me go in the back and talk to my guy. And I knew from your movie that that was a complete crock of shit. <laughs> so I'm looking at my watch. and I look at my wife. And I go, do you really want this car? And she goes, yeah. I go, then just get the fucking car. And I go, I got to go. So like, I gave the guy another minute. He didn't come out. I just walked back there. Now, they're supposed to be <laughs> negotiating with the finance officer about trial. Try to get it down to that. I walk back there and the sales guy and the manager and the financial guy are eating cake and they're all like this <laughs> and I walk in and they all stop and they all just look at me and I go, I got to fucking go. If you want to do this, do it now or I'm leaving and I'll never be back on this side of town. And they were like, do it. Just get it done. I was, but I learned that from 20 years prior watching Suckers. I swear to God. You <laughs> walked right the fuck in their back room. <laughs>
0: You have a thing at the end too, actually, a special edition. Is it on the Blu-ray where Joe yes. walks you through buying a car
1: oh, he, so on great.
0: a on a board, a whiteboard? He tells you everything there is to know. Don't do this. Do this. Don't do that. They're gonna do this. Fuck them. Don't say anything. Yeah. And 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 it's it's pretty fucking epic. Because I did that my first car in L.A. I watched the end of the movie.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah shit. Don't you know, I was working in Vegas. I was working, I think I was at the Tropicana. And Roger goes, We got to shoot this. So I flew from Vegas to LA. He picked me up at the airport. We went to a studio. We shot that. He drove me back to the airport. I flew back to Vegas and did my shows that night. Wow. That's why my hair is a mess in that video.
2: <laughs> By the way, don't think I haven't been cursing your luxurious full head of hair this entire time. Oh, oh
4: dude, my hair is nuts. I hate it. I want to shave my head and oh this beard. God. I hate this beard. My wife thinks it's sexy. She loves yeah, it. I think and it's sexy. everybody thinks I'm going to get parts now as a hitman. Roger keeps telling me I look like a hitman.
2: You, he looks like a Don, like a like a real Don. Or if they ever get rid of that World's Most Interesting Man, you slide up in that shit. Hey, you kill some of my people. I kill some of your people. It's a negotiation. You, you look like uh, um, what's his name? A very famous actor that was in that movie with Kevin Costner. Uh,
3: he was a killer. Whoever it was.
2: Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was uh, the the guy, the fiddler on the roof. What the fuck is his name? Uh, uh, Zero Tomo. Mostel. Tomo. No, the 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 famous actor. He 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 was older, and he played a he played like a uh, uh Kevin Costner was in like the military, and he re, he retired, and he went and stayed with this guy, and ends up falling in love with his wife, and then they. That's kill. what Google is for. Tiberon. I know. I was hoping our producer might be Edward able to, James Olmos. No, no, no. no. Well, Way better you, than looking than
3: that.
0: What did you say? You were hoping our producer would be on top of it.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you what a mush I is. just sent you, I just sent you a link. If you go to this sales blog, Joe wrote a blog that essentially <laughs> summarizes what that um what the video you're referencing says. So if you want if someone wants to go read about, here's how you can avoid getting screwed. You can go to that that blog.
0: But do they still screw you the way they used yes. to? Yes. Yes. Why wouldn't oh, they? Jesus. Well, because I. it seems like we were talking about this the other day. Back in the day, people had shit cars, fucked up cars. It seems like every car now is brand new. Nobody's driving a bucket. Everybody has a great car. And, and there's so much competition for cars now as opposed to – People were buying used cars back then. Nobody has a fucking used car anymore. You very rarely <laughs> see a used car lot, right?
4: Well, that's no, uh, well, they're the still out there. Used cars. Yeah.
2: So really? so I, I can tell you as a guy who does endorsements for car dealerships, I do I do one for a very reputable place, like a large truck dealer, and they're they're making money, but they're selling cars super cheap. And you always wonder, well, how that must be some sort of ripoff. They're not, they're dealing at such high volume of vehicles, they get to buy them so cheap. So they're making a little bit off of a lot of people as opposed to trying to rip each person off and and you know they may be ripping some people off not ripping off but making a profit off of them you know what i mean but that's their business but they do it they do it pretty good but i gotta tell you over the years i have been i have seen so many cases of fuckery at these places (laughs) new used you make much more
4: off a used car
2: oh yeah oh for sure
4: i hated selling used cars because they would always come back this is broke and a month later, it's called a, a back charge or something. They 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 take it out of your pay because they fix something on a used car. I hated selling oh, used cars.
2: And they take that from there. you, not from the
4: dealership? Well, it, it, part of it comes out of your because it reduces your commission. Your
2: commission. What so, a whatever the percentage
4: shit. was, they reduce it by that much. But I only screwed, really screwed one guy because he. Broke I want to hear boat. it. All right, so this, this young kid comes in. He's from Iowa. The car costs, he kept saying this, this car costs more than my parents' first house. And, he, and, and, and I spent two days with this guy. He went and brought his wife. And finally, I come to a deal. One of the best lines ever, my boss goes and talks to the guy. And the guy goes, I already have a car. And my boss goes, listen, in Los Angeles, your, your car is like your foot. You need two to get around. <laughs> I'm like, he just fucking thought of that. Like, God, did he think of that? <laughs> so, great. so the guy grinds me down, and I go to my boss, and I go, "Look, this is all I can get out of this guy." And I could have sold five cars in the amount of time I spent with this kid, because he just graduated college, he was just got married, and I felt bad. And I go, "This is the deal." He says he'll buy the car right now for this, and he goes, "Get this week sock." Off my lot, like that's the deal. Take the deal, get him the fuck out of here. So I go back to the kid and he goes, "Do you think you can make the payment twenty dollars less?" And I went, "I'll be right back." Now the deal I gave him, it's called a mini deal. The minimum you would make on a car at this dealership was a hundred bucks. I was making a hundred bucks. I went back to my boss. I said, "Write me a fucking lease for five years." make the payment this much. Tell me this much of a down payment. And my boss looks at me, he goes, are you serious? I go, give me a fucking lease for those exact numbers. I went back to the kid. I went, look, you want to buy this car. This is the only way you can buy this car. Your wife doesn't want to put a lot down. You don't want a high payment. You got to lease the car. This is the only thing you can do. And he goes, well, can I get a stereo? I said, yeah, it's 20 bucks a month more. He goes, (laughs) okay. And he took the deal. Before he left the dealership, I had a $1,300 voucher in my pocket was the commission I made on that fucking car. I was giving him (laughs) such a good deal, and he Mm -hmm. would never know that I fucked him that bad until he goes to trade in that car and they tell him he can't.
0: Well, that's funny because we have him here right now. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, let Michael in. He went to jail after that. Him and his girlfriend got into a fight. He murdered her. <laughs> over that <piece. laughs>
3: That's all too common, though. I think that's really just one story. We talk to salesmen, and we, this is—they uh, all tell their their best, their biggest lunker stories and their best deals stories. And it's—it's it's, imagine if you're going to go buy a car and you think you're going to get a good deal. It's like saying I'm going to go play tennis against Andre Agassi and I'm going to beat him. And I practice once every three years, and he practices every day. Yes. You've got no chance. They're going to make money off of if, you.
0: If you serve and knock his wig off, you had a chance. There is one,
4: <laughs> there is one shot.
0: You, yeah, know no,
4: you know what? I, I sister, right off the ground. My the mindset you need to, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I always say the mindset you need to have is this is what I'm going to pay. I'm probably going to get fucked, but at least I know I'm. it's in my budget. And that's, right. that's well, the best. You bring
3: yeah. Joe with you. That's what you do. Yeah. And then yeah. Joe knows that, that's what I did when I bought my car. I brought Joe with me and we negotiated, and you just have to know what they're paying for the car. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you now know when, Mike what?
4: Clark, Lenny's brother? Yeah. But my my first time, I start making money as a comedian. I'm gonna go lease a car. Mike comes with me. The guy gives me the first shot, and Mike Clark goes, that's a great fucking deal, you should take it. And I'm like, shut <laughs> the fuck up. He goes, no, it's a good deal, take it. And I got screwed so bad on that first lease <laughs> ever because mike wouldn't shut up and he thought it was funny that he 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 helped the salesman
2: my my best friend <laughs> owns a boutique car dealership where he sells like lamborghinis and ferraris to right. mostly nhl players and athletes I'm sorry and
4: stuff. One, one second mike
0: who pete what'd you call him
2: i'm sorry my other best friend my number two best friend. <laughs> my number two best friend.
0: number two All okay check
2: <laughs> and uh his best his best thing is because he's dealing with people who all have the money so they're not really haggling over the price and when somebody off the street tries to haggle with pete pete does the takeaway he goes it's not for everybody buddy and once you say that to a fucking guy you stab his ego he's like no nah, i I can take it i'll take it i'll buy and then at that point he's, he's robbing people blind
1: you
4: know
2: i have to learn to
4: do this i know you're a radio guy i gotta learn how to talk in my my inside voice i can't yeah. do it i worked on radio with sweeney I still
2: couldn't do this. I don't hear it. All I hear is a whiny uh, New Yorker with a lisp. So I have no. I hear nothing good about my voice.
0: <laughs> yeah, he has. I he has a magical know. voice, and he knows it. Don't let him fucking be humble.
3: <laughs> and I gave I gave Mush the the link for if people want to find the film where you can find it on Vimeo on demand. You know, right. starting Friday, it'll be available.
2: Now it, uh, it's yeah. worth watching. It really is. It's it's a. It's an old school, good movie. I, rem- I mean, I remember it when Bobby brought it up and I, he showed the trailer. I'm like, oh, I fucking have seen it already. I remember the movie.
0: Well, you know why the movie's good? Because it has, a, there, there's not just one plot. You're not just following a, a couple or a guy. There's so many things going on. It's, it, 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 it flies through the movie. This, everybody's kind of got from the, you know, the guy banging the girl, getting the car stolen to, <laughs> you know, the guy bringing his fucking desk outside and fucking the guy out there. To the <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got something going on. You gave everybody a, a little thing to, to have that was oh, really funny. That pushed that, that pushes that movie right through to the end. And then the ending, you're like, what the fuck? What just happened? you think it's going left and you guys go right. And uh, the ending scene is, is hilarious. It's really funny. It's very <laughs> funny. It's very fucked up, but it's very funny. Now
1: we well, release this.
3: Um, oh, well we restored it. I've spent the last two and a half years. I well, just to back up producers who made the film, were going to throw it in the trash because they were dissolving their company and they weren't keeping all the elements. And I said, whoa, I mean I, so I saved the negative, uh, you know, just inches from going, getting thrown away and I sat on it for a while and finally got around to re-scanning the negative. You scan every individual frame into 4k and then recolor correct it all the way through and make a brand new master, which looks seven times, eight, a hundred times better than the original standard deaf version that was released on HBO in 2000. Wow. Wow. That's
0: crazy. Every frame you had to scan?
3: That's how you do it, yeah. You put it through a machine, and, and it scans each individual frame. And after that, you color correct it, then you take that master, and you, and you give it to an expert. They're called dust busters. They go through and look at every frame and paint out the dust, at least, at least the egregious dust, so that it looks beautiful. Wow, it's
0: crazy! And someone just asked one of our uh, ladybugs here: "The uh, do you have any crazy stories from crashing?"
3: Oh, I worked on season one, yeah, with Pete Holmes and company and Judd Apatow as they were figuring that show out. Yeah, I love it. I it. Pete Pete was awesome. He's so funny. He will come in. He only works four or five hours a day. That's his like sweet spot of energy. And 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 he's really on it and focused on it. And then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, uh, 5.00 PM. And he's out of there. Wow. And we'd spend a lot of that time just talking about life and, and the meaning of life and existentialism. And it was so much fun going to work on that show for that reason. Right.
4: Bobby That's and cool. I just did a show with him uh, last November.
0: Well, 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 oh, he was on um, Leary's uh, comics come home.
4: Yeah. Yeah. They canceled it this year, man. That was, know, that was so sad.
0: Yeah. That was a, cr- I mean, that's, what is that? 16,000 people.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fucking nuts. Um, now, now speaking of you doing comedy back then, you're in this movie, other movie when comics, Oh, when stand-up stood out. Yeah. And you tell a story because people Call don't it. know that back when, <laughs> when people back in the day, when headliners would come into Boston you guys are like, all right, go fuck yourself. You're making this much money? <laughs> and you guys would fucking go on before them and just level the room yeah. and then just sit in the back and watch them fucking squander. And and tell us a story about With Colin. Colin. Yeah.
4: It, yeah, well, it was Nick's Comedy Stop. And, and back then, Nick's, like, there was no middle ground. Either you destroyed... Oh, they fucking hated you, and Colin. Like in Boston, it was like if you're if you ever ran into anybody, and went oh, the fucking guys in Boston are assholes. You know that that guy was a fucking dick because all you had to be in Boston was a good guy, and if you were funny enough, then then you were welcomed in, and and everybody loved Colin, and Colin was funny, and he was a great fucking guy. So he goes on after I think it was me and Sweeney. Yeah. And, and people are just, just because he's from New York, like no other reason. They hear New York and Bostonians just fucking go after him and won't let him talk. And they're just tearing him apart. And he's like, fuck this. And he's ready to walk off stage. And I jumped up on stage and I was like, hey, this guy's with me. <laughs> he's cool. He's okay. I'm going to tell him
0: you're from East Boston.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were and, gonna
0: kill him, Mike. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They were. not letting you walk through the fucking room. No, like it was a fucking nice long walk through the crowd. Uh-huh. You weren't gonna make it.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. There was one guy. It was the worst fucking night of his life. He went on after me and Sweeney, and and actually uh, Joyce Cull the the lady that that did the reviews, was there, and and this guy, I don't know, should I say his name? He, yeah. he, no. he went on, he, he fucking died a horrible death. Like 200 yeah. people walk out on him and he goes to his hotel room next door in between shows. And he had it in his contract that anyone that went on before him had to work clean.
0: Ugh.
4: So I work clean. Sweeney works clean. The first show he goes back to his hotel room and gets the worst review of his life. And it pissed off me and Sweeney. Cause the lady said the people the first two guys were much funnier and i'm like you could have said my name and i was kind of new so now he comes back after this horrible review and he has to do the second show so he's downstairs he's pacing and he's nervous wreck and i go on and have a great show second show sweeney's fucking destroying and sweeney introduces him and he's not there so sweeney goes into another routine i run downstairs i'm like hey man he just introduced you as he's running up the stairs. This is the line Sweeney is saying a buck and a half for a chocolate chip cookie. What the fuck you got in it? The body of Christ. And the guy goes, Oh no. And he goes back down the stairs and I had to grab him and he came up and he went on. It was horrible. And like a month later, I'm at the improv in Los Angeles and he walks in and I go, Hey, how you doing, man? He goes like, he doesn't know who I am. He goes, yeah, yeah. And he walked by me and I went, Hey, I opened for you at Nick's about a month ago and he comes back. Oh, I'm really sorry, man. Ah, nice to see you again. He was all like fucking humble then. But we th- that happened to a lot of people. And and yeah, I
0: happened to call it twice. I remember when- calling did it. Walked- really? He I- did it again. He did it again. He walked 500 people. I literally <laughs> were walking out there going. They were whistling. They're all whistling. <laughs> and they fucking wine. He's on stage going, Oh, apparently you want some dick jokes. Okay. Uh,
4: and it wasn't well, the comedians, it was the audience. The audience, the it was like a sports it, team. It
0: was it was both, dude, because I was there some nights and yeah. in the poor headline or whoever the fuck it was, Don Gavin's hosting, what? And then Sweeney's doing a fucking guest spot. Oh fuck <laughs> And they go up and just step on their necks. All right, bye-bye. And then fucking, you guys ready for the? He was on Evening at the Improv. He's from fucking Toledo.
4: (laughs) You know what, though? There were two guys that, well, three guys, really, that didn't give a shit. And the first one was Seinfeld. Like, I remember watching Seinfeld going, man, he went on after, and I wasn't on the show, but I was there to see it. He went on after the best of the best, worked squeaky clean and still had a great set. And I was like, wow, you can really do that. And then yeah. after the show, he said some really nice things about Boston to me. He said how much he liked it. And the, the other guy, Leno, cause Leno was from the area, so he knew. Yeah. And then the, the third guy was uh, Pat. Uh, oh, what was Pat's last name? The real Italian guy, Pat Cooper. Pat yeah. Cooper went up after me and Sweeney And he went, look at this. I was just in Vegas, big neon signs. I got a fucking stamp, says Nix. yanetti has got shit stains on his jacket. Sweeney looks like a fucking homeless person. He shit all over us and fucking destroyed, man. This old time guy who knew how to get down and dirty and he fucking crushed it. Yeah, Those were the only three guys that did really well.
0: So this, uh, I'm excited this movie's coming back out. Um, and where mush, where can we uh, where can we see this again, Roger? Where can we see this again?
3: You can go to my doc or my website or Joe's website, rogernygard.com or yanetti.com or yes. Vimeo on demand, and it's also on Blu ray on Amazon. Sweet, perfect.
0: You guys got to go check this movie out. Uh, hilarious movie, they don't make them like this anymore,
3: and uh, and you learn almost, a
0: lot. How like, classic. Mm-hmm. I would say oh, it'll save you thousands.
3: Of- it'll save you thousands of dollars on your next car purchase. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you get a
0: little DNA and A uh, and some crazy, fucked up jokes. Um- <laughs> Movie's
3: called Suckers. <laughs> Movie's Sucker. called Suckers.
0: Yes, and suckers. now have Roger, have we even
3: said that yet? <laughs> we have now.
0: We said it. We 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 talked about it a lot before. And yeah. Roger, what else are you working on? What do you put me in?
3: The well, the uh, <laughs> my prior documentary we talked about is called The Truth About Marriage. The one before that is called The Nature of Existence. And before right. that, Six Days in Roswell about UFO fanatics. And of course, I made the Trekkies documentaries. So that's my entire resume of documentaries. Right now, I'm cutting the Showtime documentary about the history of the comedy store, which is going okay. to premiere on Showtime October 4th, five episodes. Mike Binder is uh, directing it. That's and
0: great. Uh, so you direct, you write, you. Edit. You edit. You thank you, Mike. I was getting there. You cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> I really did stutter on that one. Um, and uh, I have I've been in nothing that you do, so I take offense. Um, we need to. Well, I keep me, you. Me, you're uh,
4: Ryan. You were in something that he did. <laughs> what? You were in a thing, weren't you? Weren't you? Didn't you edit the the thing that he did for Larry David that he had to insult uh Buckner? Oh, yeah. Oh,
3: that Bill Buckner. I, I cut the Bill Buckner episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And you were too mean.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. Did you see that shit, Roger? Yes. They kept, yeah. They kept telling us, Mike, they kept telling us, bring it down. They said, go ahead, do whatever you want. So we come out of the gate. Hey, Buckner, you fucking fag. You stink. And they were like, no, 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 no. It down they literally kept bringing us down i actually then i go back and go hey buckner go back get a time machine go back to 86 and bend your knees you fucking asshole (laughs) i don't know take it down they got us all the way down to hey buckner you stink right (laughs) so we're like whatever right so then they go okay do one more take do it you guys we got it so do do your thing so i'm like hey buckner you uh buckner you you're a loser and the kid next to me goes, Hey Buckner, go fuck your mother. Like, Harry <laughs> <laughs> was like, Why would he say that? Why
3: would he say that? <laughs> that is one of my favorites. That is of all the curb your enthusiasm episodes I've edited. That's certainly my among my favorites, uh, if not the favorite, because it's got such a great ending and, and Buckner redeems himself in such a terrific way.
0: Yeah. And yeah, and now you know he's a big fly fisherman. We he were talking died. about. I know he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah. It sucks. Too bad. His daughter was in the episode too, I believe, right? That's why he Yeah, agreed. Right. Yeah, that's right. <sighs> I, am I having a stroke or is Roger's video a little uh, blurry? You're having You're a stroke. stroke. Okay. All right, well, th- nice knowing you guys. <laughs> um, put my glasses.
2: I didn't cast you in my pilots.
3: He's more clear <laughs> than
0: I am. Oh, when he talks, wait, when he talks, wait, say something, Roger.
3: I keep trying to get Joe to write another script with me and it's, <laughs> uh, it's not easy, but I'm working on it. And so yeah. maybe the key is Joe, let's write a script with a nice role for Bobby Kelly. Hey, uh,
2: listen, Joe, Joe's old news. Now I used to work at the docks in Bayonne, New Jersey. I got stories out the ass. We can do a whole different kind of script and come up with a whole different movie. Joe, you there? What was it? I used to work at the docks in Bayonne, New oh Jersey. Oh my god! With the warehouses. Oh, you want to talk about characters? Black guys, white guys, Iranians, all run by the mob. Ah, oh, dude, dude. All right. I, I grew up it. with.
4: That's what I grew up with. I don't
0: like Joe. Yeah. He just cut me and you out of the fucking deal with <laughs> <or> Roger. <run>.
2: No, <laughs> no. Man, we're actually going to have Joe's going to play the mob guy, so he's what in the I movie, just in a different capacity.
4: Now I gotta you're guy the
3: guy I that hear. Joe kills. Joe, yeah. you're, Joe's the assassin, and you're the hapless guy who doesn't see it coming.
2: And we need to get the guy, the ball guy from Suckers, to back uh, so that he could play the warehouse manager and yell at everybody. Everybody whispers to oh, him every every scene he does. No,
3: he's no, he's around. Yeah, he's. Oh, around. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Well, we gotta get Lewis.
4: Louis is actually making movies about all this stuff too.
3: He's busy. We can get Lori in five months. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. What if she comes out all hardened with tattoos and fucking like a cholo? You want to hear a
3: her? Up thing? Bobby
4: told you about my second wife. So my first wife is what Laurie Lachlan is based on. Her character is based on my first wife. And and I, I made her so much nicer than my ex-wife. And then we showed the movie to people and they were like, We hate that fucking woman. And we had to <laughs> cut out so much of her stuff because really? people fucking hated her. That's I was so like, funny. What was I married to? <laughs> Shit, my daughter's gonna watch this. By the Joe way, I was is, talking
2: uh, earlier about Anthony Quinn, who, is, who I was trying to think of. The movie was Revenge. Oh, Kevin Costner, so.
4: Zorba, so, not, not what? Not Not Tin Revenge. Right.
2: I was wrong. <laughs> the Greek. Wrong side of the Mesopotamian.
3: I put I put Joe in the marriage documentary and I asked Joe, what is the worst thing about being married? And he said, I don't like somebody touching all my stuff. And I said, oh, Joe, if you get married again, and this is what he was thinking of getting married a third time. I said, Something's going to get broken. And he said, yeah, I know he did it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Now, but this how, one, how's
0: the marriage going, Joe? Uh,
4: honest, honest to God, like I, I couldn't, my neighbor makes fun of me. And Bo, uh, only Bobby will truly understand this. No matter what I do, my wife goes, okay. <laughs> yeah. And this woman will fucking kill me. She was born in Dublin, Ireland. She has an Italian last name because her great, great grandfather was Italian. She is like, I'm not exaggerating. She's the strongest, like physically strongest woman I've ever known in my life. And she will fucking kill me. I just, before I came on here, I had to yell at her to stop making noise upstairs. Cause she's trying to fix the hot tub. She's got the refrigerator out. She got a oh, hole in the wall. She's trying to get to the fucking power for the jacuzzi jets in the tub. It's so I love Italian. her. I had to yell at her. I love that. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'll show you the text. Stop fucking walking around. <laughs> Cause this mic picks up everything, and she's walking around upstairs, and I can hear the thumping.
0: All right. Well, listen, guys. We're gonna wrap this up. Joey, I love you, buddy. I'm so. I love happy. you too, Robert. I'm so happy for you. I watch your sunset boat rides.
4: Ah, I'm yeah, sure. man. Yeah, but you won't come fucking fly fishing on my lake.
0: I'm 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 work I'm telling you I'm working on something, so I might be up there sooner than later.
3: Get some strippers up there, Joe, if you want Bobby to show up. Get some strippers on your boat like know, everybody else with a boat. Uh, <laughs> no, his, his
4: wife is the greatest lady. I've never met anyone that would put up with more shit than his wife.
0: Don't Fucking ruin the stripper line with my wife, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Roger. It's good to talk to you again. It's good to see you. Likewise, and, uh, I, you know, I am available. So let's get something going. Yeah, Yannetty. Uh, who?
1: I'm yeah, done hey, with fuck Joe. You,
0: yeah. <laughs> Yannetty. Me and you. He's gonna be fucking hooking up with Calta.
3: <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe doesn't know any strippers. He's useless. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, man. I
4: I went out with strippers. My brother Go- ratted on me. My mother said, what's her name? I said, she's not a stripper. She said, what's her name? I said, Autumn Blue. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, man. Well, listen, check out the movie, everybody. Check out Joe's website. And if you see him, go see his stand-up comedy and go watch some of Roger's uh, movies because yes. Trekkie is fucking amazing. I'm going to go check out that Area 51 uh,
3: one. and uh, Six Days in Roswell.
0: Always fucking funny, but always interesting. Always got a, a comedy slang to it. So uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Really appreciate it.
4: That was fun,
2: dude.
4: Thank thanks, guys. guys.
0: Take care, man.
2: Um, uh, that was cool. Rogers ahead of his time because Rogers got a bunch of documentaries and pilots that uh, are all about almost he was like reality before reality. Like he did documentaries about weird fucking people, and now that's all that's on right. TV. He did the Trekkies thing. He's got a couple other ones. He's got one about a preacher. He's got one about uh um people who run around and chase auctions called the possum run. I mean, he, he was ahead of his time with that stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, it was, uh, I think he, and he's really, I mean, I mean, this movie it really fucking talented. I like this movie a lot.
2: Yeah. It was I really good. good. I, I mean, remember him. it.
0: I rewatched it again, uh, this last week and you, it's one of those movies you can just sit down and watch all, uh, over and over again.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Anywho, that was a great show. Good stuff. Good to talk to Joe. You know, he was my fucking mentor, dude. He was like, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be doing comedy. He's
2: I, he got that quality about him. Like, he's it's fatherly and not an old guy kind of way.
0: Yeah, and he would let me do my a lot of guys wouldn't let me do my stand up back then. They wanted me to be clean and, and 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 be fucking politically correct or whatever. He let me just go up on all his shows and I would open for him and fucking he didn't give a fuck what i did
2: yeah okay. you know
0: and uh you know many many times did he let me stay at his house or you know took me in what are you looking at what's going on over there you watching the game
2: 1-1 one, one. yeah all
0: right well thanks for I'm, I'm i'm opening up about my good friend and you're worried about a fucking i will, ne-
2: I will never be that guy that appreciates sentimental stories
0: um all right great show um tomorrow's we'll wednesday back. what do we have tomorrow tomorrow mush what do we i don't know where mush is uh tomorrow we do not have a guest but thursday we have rich foss and friday we have renberg We
2: Thursday i'm not here remember
0: why don't you hit thursday
2: thursday is my son's birthday
0: happy birthday to you happy birthday, happy birthday to you, to you. If, i'll tell you what happy i'll be honest with you about something you. yeah please
2: on Friday's show, yeah, I will tell you everything that I bought for my son for his 14th birthday. Give me an idea of what you think you spend on your son money wise for his 14th birthday.
0: A thousand bucks.
2: Would you spend a thousand dollars on Max for his birthday? For 14?
0: Well, I, what are you talking about? I did. Okay, if you add everything up that I spend, a, a barbecue clown ben and jerry's
2: yeah no, uh, I'm not even, all right you want I'm to spending, throw the party I'm, I'm in spending,
0: i'm spending fucking five grand
2: i think i'm getting close to that right now i think i'm approaching five grand
0: yeah I, I mean we're cutting it down i mean this year we cut it down but
2: he only turned 14 once That's you know it's his first year yeah, I, in high school he's getting fucked because he's got to do high school from home so. yeah,
0: yeah plus you got a job you're making some good money you might as well spend it you're not taking it with you
2: going to eddie v's for his birthday i love eddie v's i want that
0: seafood tower so bad I want to get so, a food. so bad um oh. you know would you a- ever
2: go on a vacation just to eat food
0: I, what
2: i'm thinking yeah. about flying to san francisco for the weekend just to eat
0: why it's a shit city
2: i know i just want to go there to eat go to eat. the
0: place open right now
2: well that's the thing that's why i'm not going because tampa flies straight to san francisco and Swiggy's from San Francisco, so I could probably convince him to go, although that pitch doesn't eat. But uh, I want to fly to San Francisco, eat lunch, dinner, go to bed, wake up the next day, eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then come home on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I don't understand. Um, I, I Why would you go there? Just go to fucking somewhere better than that.
2: I want to go to eat. This is my thing. I want to go to each place and eat food that's known from that place.
0: What are you gonna eat? What's San Fran? Not San Francisco's not known for food. Seafood. Nope. Boston.
2: Well, I definitely want different kind of seafood, but definitely. I mean, I've eaten lobster in Maine. I would love to go to Boston. I would love to go to Maryland and get crabs.
0: Okay. I, I did once. I got I got crabs in Boston
2: from, from a red
0: <laughs> Oh, you <laughs> cocksucker. I beat you. I beat you, motherfucker. All right. So um, uh,
2: and I don't know how to comment in the comments. But, yes, Artie Lang has been on my show several times.
0: How is Artie doing? Does anybody know?
2: I don't know, but that's kind of good. No no hearing about Artie is usually good.
0: No news is good news. Um, And then you bailed out of the uh, little video for a second. What happened?
2: Me? Yes. I disappeared. I hit the fucking wrong button, and it logged me out, so I had to log back in right away.
0: It's the thing. Now, Mush is on top, and you're on bottom.
2: Now you're on the left and I'm on the right.
0: That's fine. I don't mind that. Um, yeah, fucking San Francisco stinks. <sighs> I love San Fran to go there, but to go there for food is ridiculous. There's nothing that they're known for.
2: By the way, seafood chapino?
0: They're not known for seafood, buddy. Okay. What Name a San Gira Francisco Deli, chocolate? Name a San Francisco dish. Chapino. A dish. Now, this is a dish. What is it?
2: What would you say, Mush? I'm not going to repeat it because I already know what's going to happen. What'd you I, say? I, I didn't hear any You're of it know. at all. I said, who's that guy? Exactly. Well, I don't. It's out of context now.
0: No, whatever. Listen, they do not have a dish.
2: They do have a dish.
0: And fucking Pacino is not a dish.
2: Seafood, Chiarpino, CIO, PPI.
0: Nobody knows San Francisco for sea. Look at Miami, Cuban sandwich, Boston, clam chowder, Maine, lobster, New York, pizza.
2: Florida, nothing. Tampa, nothing.
0: Okay, great. Philly, steak and cheese. Boom. Buffalo, wings.
2: Pete and I I were so fat together that after an Eagles-Bucks game, we went to Geno's and got cheesesteaks because you had to yeah and then what's the one across street Pete's is it Pete? They're, I don't know but they're like rival cheesesteak yeah, places. Yeah, yeah. and when we got back to the hotel we were like well why did we go to Gino's and not the other one they're both famous so we sent a cab driver before Uber Eats to go get us <laughs> cheesesteaks from the other place we're you, like you oh, invented
0: we, have... Uber Eats?
2: <laughs> we invented <laughs> Uber Eats for sure
0: you had invented... <laughs> two fat guys in Philly invented Uber Eats
2: Pizza. Like, um, I'd eat it if it was
0: here. Like, uh, dude, I, I tell you right now, I, I did the same thing. I went from Pete's to Gino's, but the best place is Tony Luke's.
2: I didn't go there. Now we gotta go back. Uh,
0: Tony Luke's dude, get the uh, pork sandwich with the broccoli rab. And there's another place inside of a food joint inside of downtown Philly. Unfucking believable. But um all right, so tomorrow night we'll be here at seven o'clock. Same time, same channel. Mike Calter, uh, uh, Mush, want to make the announcements here.
2: Uh, make sure you follow YKWd at YKWd on G- on uh, Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, make sure you go to Patreon.com/slash Robert Kelly Calton Kelly uh, Monday through Sunday uh, through Saturday. off party on Saturday nights. Uh, we dress up, have fun with the fans on Zoom.
0: Okay, wow. let's uh, you guys hang in here for a second when we end the show. But you guys have a great night. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye bye.
2: Bye.
1: You've been listening to the YKWd podcast. Thanks for listening. Now go back to your shitty jobs. Shitty jobs.